Welcome to the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Here you will find powerful messages from our ministry founder and president, Patrick Baker. You will also hear interviews and testimonies, all designed to encourage God's people to come higher in Christ Jesus and experience true power in Him. Join us every week on our prayer line every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. and Tuesday and Friday nights at 7.30 and 9 p.m. respectively. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Hello and good night, everybody. Welcome to another Button to Christ Ministries Bible study. Tonight we will be doing Bible study and it will be a blessed night tonight. So please go and get your pens and your paper, your Bible, as we go through the word of God tonight to be blessed and to be educated and that we can share that word with someone else. Praise God. So at this time, I'm going to, my name is Sister Michelle, I will be doing the opening prayer. Let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we just want to give you all the praise, glory, and thanks for this day in which you have blessed us with. Lord, we're almost at the end of the year, and we're so grateful for all that you have done because you have kept us and you have sustained us. You have provided for us. You have fought our battles for us more than we can think and ask because some of them were spiritual and we could not even see, but we're able to wake up in our right minds. So we know that you have done all and kept us. And as we're about to go into the Bible study right now, I pray for a special blessing over Sister Charlene, and that as she goes through the word, we will draw nearer and closer to you and to your word. May you place a fire within her tongue, I pray thee, and clear her mind, I pray. In the blessed name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray and ask all these things. Amen. Amen. So we praise God, brethren, and I Praise God for Sister Charlene, who will be doing the Bible study tonight. And the topic is knowing God. Knowing God. Do we know God as we ought to? Do we know about his mercy, his loving kindness, and all that he has to offer us? Brethren, stay tuned. Um, and before we get into the Bible study, we're going to have a special song by Sister Walters. Hello and happy Thursday, Sister Walters. Go right ahead. Hello and happy Thursday to you too, Sister um, Michelle, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way, thou art the potter, I am the pain, mold me and make me after thy will, while I am with Yield and still have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Search me and try, Master. Today, whiter than snow, Lord. Wash me just now. As in thy presence, humble I bow. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Wounded and weary, 
Help me, I pray. Power and power, surely inside. Touch me and heal me, Savior divine. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. O Lord, my being, absolute way, fill with thy spirit, till all shall see, Christ only always living in me. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Amen. 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 Yes, go ahead, Sister Charlene. Praise God. Go right ahead. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Sister Michelle. And thank you, Sister Walter, for that beautiful song as well. And um, we are doing the topic, Knowing God. And um, this is in the context of um, when we were together before, we talked about you know, being Christian soldiers. And um, before I get into knowing God, just for those who may be joining for the very first time, just to give you the, what we would say, um, a backstory (laughs) or a um, context of um, what is going on, what is really going on, (laughs) Um, in the world, not just what we see on TV or anything, the real controversy, the real war. And so um, before I dive or we dive in together to study, we're going to do another prayer. Let us pray. Dear Father God, I just want to thank you so much for this time that you have given us, Lord, to dive into your word to know more about you. And Lord, I pray at this time that you will just cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Dear Father, I pray, Lord, that you will put the coal that you put on Isaiah's lips on my lips. May the words that will be spoken be yours, O God, and not mine. And may the words that um, come, Lord, the seed, the word would find good soil in our hearts, that it will not be head knowledge, Lord, but be heart knowledge, so that we can share with others. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, So just to recap, um, for those who are joining for the first time, um, we are in a war, people. Yes, Christ has was on the cross and he died for our sins, but the war is not yet over. If we go to Revelation 12:7, it talks about what happened in heaven, how Michael and his angels fought against the enemy and his angels, and they were basically kicked out of heaven. 
if you read Great Controversy, you'll get a little more um, context of this. I'm just doing a summary so we get to this, the part of knowing God, but just so we understand that God had a perfect world. Um, if we go to Ezekiel 28, 25, it talks about how um, the enemy was created. He was perfect. Um, the Lord created him in a perfect way until iniquity was found in him. And when iniquity was found, God's perfect world became not perfect. And so as we um, continue on this journey towards heaven, um, we will not, it's not just a regular hike. We're not just going on a journey without interference. The enemy has decided to interfere with God's people. And he tried as soon as um, Adam and Eve were in the garden and we know what happened there, right? We know that the apostles um, and disciples have warned us of what is going on. But you might say to me, Charlene, but where is the battle happening? I don't see it. The battle is for the control of our mind, right? We are cautioned in Philippians 4, 8, as to what to observe, to guard the entrances, our eyes, our ears. You know, we are needed to guard the avenues of our mind, right? We are warned that ravenous wolves will come in and distort and take away some of the sheep. So we have to be on guard. And we move from that, like, just, you know, showing some of the evidences that we talked a while ago. So we know based on Genesis 3, 4, that Satan is a deceiver. We know that he sets trap for us, meaning when we don't guard our minds and our hearts, the avenues to our souls, the eye, God talks about the eye, you know, what we listen to, what we take in, basically. And he uses our weaknesses against us. Right? So we have two witnesses that we can look towards. There is a story of King Ahab and Naboth in 1 Kings 21 to 16. I'm not going to read that now. I'm just giving you a summary. And basically what, what happened was Naboth had a field and King Ahab wanted the field. It was a field that was in Naboth's family. So he couldn't sell King Ahab that he would be selling out his um, his inheritance for his um, his family if he was to sell the land to King Ahab. King Ahab was not happy. He went home. If we know the story, his queen was none other than Queen Jezebel. And to make a long story short, she accused, lied, and basically supplanted her way to the point where Naboth was killed so that King Ahab could get that vineyard that he wanted. So we see here how one idea of greed brought murder, deception, all of that in that one story to see how Satan just weaved himself through 
and cause havoc. Another one is King Saul and David. Now, David was part of King Saul's army. And the people came and they sang and they said, King Saul killed a thousand and David hit 10,000. Jealousy raged through King Saul. And it caused David to be even in caves, hiding away from the king. Right? So we can see where Satan will set traps for us. Right? And he infiltrates anything he can. Uh, as Brother Patrick would say, any open door, any legal right, he walks in. Right? And so we have to guard against that. We are even told that if you go to Revelation 2, when it talks about the different churches, it talks about the different doctrines that was trying to creep into the church at Ephesus. And by the time they get to Pergamos, it was in the church. So we can see where Satan comes in and infiltrates and tries to destroy from the inside out or from the outside in. He doesn't care. He just wants to destroy, right? As Jesus warned us in John 10, 10, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? So now we have a backstory of this is the war that we're in. Where is the battlefield is in our mind? And this, these are the tactics of the enemy. But the good news, people, which is where we are going now, is that we have a commander-in-chief, a commander-in-chief who, if we are obedient, we don't have to worry about any of these things, right? So in knowing God, what is God like? Well, of course, we're going to go to the scriptures. <laughs> so the very first um, verse we have is, Second Peter 3, verse 9. And it tells us that God wants all of us to be saved. He doesn't even want the wicked to be destroyed. He wants all of us to be saved. Right? We can see that demonstration on the cross. He died for all. So we can see here that God's heart is a heart of love. And we're moving now. Yes, God is a loving God. He's a kind God. If we go to Jeremiah 31, verse 3, and I'll read that one for you. Okay. Jeremiah 31, verse 3 says, The Lord appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, have I drawn thee, right? And just to be clear, I'm using the King James Version. You might have a different wording if you have a different Bible, but that's the main text I'm using tonight. Um, we see also that God is a merciful and just God. If we go to Nehemiah 9, verse 17, it was, this was a prayer of Nehemiah. And he was saying um, that even though the Israelites were, you know, they were, they, God had saved them, God had, you know, brought them out of Egypt with a mighty hand, you know, 
and they turned their backs on God and they refused to obey, right? So 17 says, um, continuing from the prayer, and he said, and refused to obey, neither were mindful of thy wonder that thou didst among them, but hardened their necks and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. This was, he was talking about the Israelites wanting to go back to Egypt. But thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and forsooketh them not. I love this verse because it reminds me that even when I mess up, and brethren, you know, we mess up at times, but when we go to God and we come in humility and we say, God, we are and we come and we come to God in sincerity. You know, that part of the verse that says, but thou art a God ready to pardon. You know, God is so quick to forgive us, so quick to be gracious towards us and to be merciful. And this is beautiful too. He's slow to anger, right? He is Low to be angry with us. He is of great kindness and he forsook us and not me. He doesn't forsake his people. You know, um, in, in Great Controversy, page 48, you know, it talks about how God does not forget nor neglect his children and he doesn't want us to be deceived by the enemy, right? So you might say to me, but Charlene, if God is so good and God is so gracious, why didn't he just cut off the wicked at the start? Why we have to deal with it, right? You know, um, in Great Controversy, it talks about how in order for, for us, for the world, um, to understand the character of the enemy, Right? the full character had to be revealed, right? When we think about a creature that was created by God, who was one of the leaders in heaven, you know, when they talk about, you know, how the angels sang, you know, if you think about Isaiah 6, uh, when Isaiah was shown in heaven, how the angels cried out, holy, 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 right? The enemy was at that time in heaven, being part of that glorious throng of angels, crying out, singing to the Lord. And that creature wanted to be in the creator's position, right? Wanted to usurp, as it were, God's role, right? When you think about that, you know, you look at that and you say, wow, we have not seen heaven. We have not, you know, just what we are told about, you know, what heaven would be like, he said, she, they, you know, ears have not, not heard, nor eyes have seen 
what heaven will be like, right? And he lived at that time in a perfect creation, but sin entered into his heart, right? So we have to really look at this, brethren. It is not something that we can see whole, you know? We have to see for ourselves. And in Revelation, it talks about when the books are open and how we will say, just and true are your works, O God. Because we will see for ourselves the actions, right, that was taken by the wicked, by the enemy, you know, by his angels, right? And I'm getting ahead of myself, but, you know, taking a segue into, yes, God is merciful, he's just, he's long-suffering. God is also powerful, he's mighty, and he's awesome. Right? So when we think about this part of God's character, right? Um, Deuteronomy 7, 8, Psalm 150, verse 2, and Psalm 145, verse 4. It talks about God's might. Um, Psalm, I wanted to read Psalm 29, talks about God's just his voice and what his voice does. He says the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars, right? Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness, brethren, our God. Is a powerful God. Our God is a God of glory. Our God is a holy God. You know, he does not forsake his children. He watches over us. First Peter 3.12 tells us that. You know, when we think about a God who continuously, you know, comes after us you know when you think about um second chronicles 7 verse 14 if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways i will hear from heaven and I will come. Sister Charlene, we're not hearing you well. Oh, can you? Okay, sorry. Let me make sure. That's better. Okay, is that better? Yep. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. <laughs> yes, so I was just quoting Second Chronicles 7, verse 14 earlier. Um, just to shows that the Lord is willing and able uh, if we turn and we come and we are obedient to the Lord he will be with us and we can see different points in which um, God blessed his people and we go back to Abraham in Genesis 12 3 you know God made that beautiful promise 
that he would bless those that blessed Abraham and curse those that cursed him. And he did that throughout Abraham's life. Wherever Abraham went in terms of um, walking with God, you know, even when he went through that test of bringing his son Isaac up to that mountain, right? Abraham was called God's friend, you know? There was nothing. Yes, Abraham, like us, made mistakes. But God blessed him and God guided him and directed him. Right? If we go to Exodus 23, verse 25, I'm going to read that one. So just give me a second. Um, Exodus 23, verse 25 says, and ye shall serve your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. And that's another beautiful promise that he gave the Israelites, that he would, they would have their bread, they would have their water, they won't get it, they, and they won't get sick, you know. And for that 40 years that they were in the wilderness, you know, they sh their shoes didn't wear out, their clothes didn't get tattered, you know. They had abundance of food. They had the manna that the Lord sent, and they had the water, right? And when we think of it, think of it, there is nothing that we need that the Lord cannot provide. All resources, I think it is um, the the book um steps to christ i think it's page 47 that it talks about it so beautifully about how all resources in heaven is on our side right all of heaven right god in his wisdom he's looking around he's helping us once we seek him he will help us Right, the angels are working on our behalf. The, of course, Jesus is interceding for us at this time. Right, it is time of intercession for our souls that Jesus is saying, my blood, my blood, at this time over our lives as we seek and walk in his ways. Right. So all of heaven, all resources, you know, Jesus said it in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. He said, all authority of heaven and earth is given unto me. That was his first statement. And then he said, he's telling us, I have all authority. Now go and tell others, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And before he finishes, he said, don't worry about it. I'm with you until the end of the age. So not only that we are to go and share, we don't have to worry about the enemy because once we are doing God's work, we are walking according to God's way. He said he's with us always, even unto the end of the age, right? So we can see here that God, God is, always with us he also sent the holy spirit
Spirit is here with us, the Comforter. We can't forget the Comforter, right? John 14, verse 16 and verse 26 talks about the Comforter that was sent and what his role was, what he was to do. He was supposed to guide us, um, you know, correct our mistakes, you know, course correction, right? He was to reprimand where they were supposed to be reprimanding, but guiding and directing and moving us to do the work that Jesus commissioned us to do. And John 15, 26 also, I'm sorry, talked also about the comforter. Okay. Um, now you say, you say to me, well, Charlene, yes, I hear all of that, but, um, you know, where are the evidences, you know? So we go back to how God, we can see the glimpses, the different things that God does, right? Um, God leads by example. Jesus came into this world. His mission was prophesied by Isaiah about 500 and um, 50 years before Jesus was born. Isaiah spoke about where Jesus was going to be born. He spoke about what the mission that Jesus was supposed to do, right? And also how he was going to basically, you know, save us in the sense of dying on the cross for us, right? Mark 3.10 talks about how Mark 3.10 and Luke Four, verse 18, we can see God, we can see Jesus working. The first, first word um, that Jesus spoke as he began his ministry, the first word was repent. And his second words were the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So Jesus himself was on that mission to see the lost. So before he sent out the disciples, he did it himself. He had 12 men from different backgrounds, different economic levels, and he led by example. Then he sent them out, right? Um, also, um, Micah talked about Jesus' birth as well, and the Psalm 1610 also talked about Jesus' resurrection. So I was kind of getting ahead of myself there, too excited. <laughs> so when, you know, and, and, and when we think about Jesus, he went out, right? And he, he met the people where they were, right? And he touched people in the sense that he had a personal connection with them. And he told them about, this new heaven and new earth, this kingdom of heaven that we are all striving to be a part of. And then what Jesus did was to send out the disciples on an apprenticeship mission, you know, like you do, um, what would they call it here? It would be like a co-op program, right? In Matthew 10, when you think about Matthew 10, Matthew 10, 1, you know, Jesus called his disciples and gave them authority over the enemy and sent them out, right? It was like 70 of them. He sent them out two by two. 
and gave them the direction as to what to do, what not to do, and how to go about preaching and teaching about the kingdom of heaven. And they came back so excited, right? And then now when Jesus had to go through his level of persecution, he was persecuted, he was beaten, he was spit upon, you know. If you read Matthew 27, right, it is such uh, it's a hard thing to read, but when you think about the sacrifice that Christ made to give us a way of escape, to come to him, to be able to come to him, to be able to come before a holy God, you know, those 39 lashes that he received, the nails, but that was not what broke the Savior's heart, that rejection from his own people that he walked with, that he led out of Egypt with great power and wonder, that he pardoned so many times. He sent prophets. He sent, you know, warning after warning after warning. He sent his son, and he himself, his son, came among the people, showed them what God was really like. If we want to know how God is like, look at Jesus' life. At every point, Jesus said that he was doing what his father has sent him to do. Every point, he said, he, he always said he was doing what his father sent him to do. So when we see Jesus in the four Gospels, we're seeing God, we're seeing the character of God right there. And um, when we look at all the things that has happened, that rejection that the people gave to say, let his blood be upon us and our children, the curse that they took on, right? And we know that God is long-suffering and slow to anger. You know, it broke the Savior's heart. You know, and we have that same decision before us to accept God or to reject God. That's the option we have on the table. But we don't have all eternity to decide, right? You know, we have to make a decision. And the beauty about God is he doesn't hide his requirements. His requirements are there. The Ten Commandments are there, right? He asks us to obey his word. And he shows us by demonstrating through Christ's life, through the different um, gifts, through the different measures that God took to save his people, if we look at the Old Testament, that we can see God as a deliverer, God as a savior, you know. So we can see God's hand, that God is kind, loving, long-suffering, right? But there's also another part. And 
this is from my study. I've been noticing a pattern here that God has a limit of time that he set for wickedness. We don't know the time, but God knows when that time is up. And you're going to say to me, Charlene, okay, prove that. Okay, fine. So when we go to Sodom and Gomorrah, in Genesis 18, Genesis 19 talks about how Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. But Genesis 18, if you remember the story, the angel of the Lord, there were three men, according to the story, that came and Abraham, you know, went out and invited them in. And they then told Abraham that Sarah was going to have a child and that would be Isaac. And then the Lord then was saying to Saints, you know, was saying that he was not going to um, exclude Abraham from what he was going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah. So he basically told Abraham that he was going to investigate what was going to happen to Sodom. So he was going to make a decision. And Abraham, that's where the part where Abraham was asking from 50 down to five, if he could find at least five people, he would not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And brethren, there were only three, not even really three, but the only three that were saved because the, the, the mother turned back and became a pillar of salt. But God had a time limit for Sodom and Gomorrah because of the wickedness that came upon to him. The second witness, the antediluvian world with Noah. Noah in Genesis 6.13, we can see that Noah was preaching for 120 years. And if you, 120 years, brethren, it's about three generations based on the story of a generation being 40 years, uh, the story of um, the Israelites. Right when they sinned and they had to wander in the um, they had to wander in the wilderness for forty years, right until the next generation came up to go across the promised land. That's where we get generation from. So forty years per generation. So there were three generations that now was preaching about the flood, and brethren, only eight people were saved. Eight. Sodom and Gomorrah, three people were saved. We're not looking good on this timeline of obedience and following God, right? These are two time limits that we see here. And of course, we are looking at a time limit that God has set for when the world will end. Because just as the wickedness came up unto the Lord for Sodom and Gomorrah, and the wickedness of the world in the time of Noah, the wickedness of this world, brethren, we are all seeing it around us, right? We don't know the time limit that God has set because God says, you know, when it happens, he'll say, who is filthy will be filthy still, and who is righteous will be righteous still. We don't know that time limit when God says enough is enough and time is up. But from the two witnesses, Sodom and Gomorrah and the world at the time of Noah before the flood. 
we can see that God's word is true. He has never, ever predicted anything that has not come true. Brethren, I have not seen it. If you have seen it and you can show me in the word that he has done, he has said something that has not come true, let me know because I have never seen that. And I have seen where God is very specific, right? He's very, very specific in his instructions, right? We, you know, for those who are not aware about the Ten Commandments, not the Ten Suggestions, you know, we have to follow the word and the word only. We can see that example when Noah was given the blueprint to build the ark. He gave the specific measurements, what type of material to be used. The exact thing happened in building the tabernacle in the time of Moses, Exodus 26, 1. You know, it goes all the way up to, you know, down to what the, the priest would wear, what color, you know, what material they would wear. God was very specific, right, in those things. He's very specific in his commandments, right? the way of life that he is showing us that if we live according to his word then we don't have to worry about anything right we can see too that you know we have our part to play in this right how do we now take what we have learned a god of love a God who's always there, a God who's merciful, just, kind, powerful, you know, mighty. How do we connect with this God? How do we know this God? And so we can look at um, the promises that God has given. Stay in the word, brethren. That's the very first thing. Have a consistent relationship with God. Spend time in the Word. Spend time reading about God and spend time understanding. Um, of course, in, in, <laughs> it tells us in the Great Controversy, if you read the last chapter of the book, it tells us that for Caesar's ages, we'll be learning about God, right? There's always going to be something new we learn about God. But God has given us enough evidence in his word, and he has given us promises. God does not want one part of our life. He wants all parts of our lives, right? You know, just as how you might have a friend that you want to, the very first thing, something bad happens, something good happens, we want to tell that friend, we want to have that sort of relationship with God. A time in which we will, you know, have that sort of um, knowing God is to know, to understand him. God wants us to understand him, right? Yes, we will know different aspects as we grow in his word, right? And one of the promises that helps me is Second Timothy 1.7. And it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear 
but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I love, that's one of my favorite verses because in that one verse, it tells me that I don't need to be afraid and that fear does not come from God. So if fear does not come from God, it comes from the enemy. And God gives me a spirit of, of love and of power and of a sound mind. These are the three things that God has given me. So yes, we will encounter situations. Yes, we will have difficulties in life. But if we remember who God is and all his promises, there's so many promises in the Bible, brethren, that he gives us. He assures us that he's with us. You know, he tells us that he uphold us with his righteous right hand. That's Isaiah 41, verse 10. Um, he, we can see through the scriptures who God is. You know, if you go back to Exodus 15, and if you see how God moved um, to save his people, right? The cloud by day, the fire by night. We can see God's mighty hand in Exodus when they were in the wilderness. They got water. They got manna. That was a miracle every single day. They received manna from heaven, right? God provided the very food that the Israelites needed coming from heaven, heavenly food, brethren. We don't have to worry about anything. Our food and our bread and our water shall be sure, as the word says. Another part is being an active listener. Sometimes we come to God and we just talk, 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 and we don't listen. We have to listen. It's a conversation. We're having a relationship with Christ. We're having a conversation with God. We have to learn to listen and we and we talk. It's it's a two part thing. And you say, but Charlie, how do I listen? When we pray, we leave some time for God to speak to us. He can speak to us through the word. He can speak to us through, you know, he has myriads of ways. It could be a dream. It could be something that he tells us in our spirit that we need to, you know, do, like read a certain, um, a certain scripture. You know, it has happened to me where I'm asking God about something and then, you know, stopping and then like they, a verse comes into my mind and I go to the verse, the, the chapter and the verse and I'm smiling because it's the very answer to what I was asking. So God has a thousand different ways to, to reach us brethren, you know, but we have to take that time. And I'm telling you, it, it was hard for me. I had to learn to do that. You know, first, it took me a while to even wait a minute to be quiet and keep my mind, you know, to be ready to hear um, the voice of God. And it takes practice. But just keep asking. Just keep talking. The Lord wants to hear from us. He wants to have a relationship with us. Right? If you think about the story of um well, not the story, the life of Moses, right? Moses was God's friend. And 
you know, more, you know, God could not even wait, <laughs> right, for that resurrection. He had to resurrect Moses, right? I mean, it tells me that God loves us so much and is waiting for us to spend that time with him, brethren. You know, another way is praying and praising God, right? An example of this was Paul and Silas. Now, Paul and Silas, they were on a mission. They were evangelists. They were going from place to place talking about God. And where did it land them? It landed them in jail, right? And jail is not the beautiful jail we have these days with lights and, you know, yes, you have bars, but there are, there's light in the room and, you know, it's not dank, there's not nothing dripping. You know, in those days, the jails were caves and it was dark, right? And can you imagine Paul and Silas in that jail cell in the dark, singing and praising God? If you go to Acts 16, verse 25, it tells you about that story. And as they were singing, there was an earthquake and it shaped the whole jail brethren right it shaped the whole all the all the bars were open right all the bars were open and the jailer was gonna commit suicide because he's saying oh they're gonna kill me now but paul and silas cried out and in the end because of their prayer and praise, the jailer and his family, you know, learned about God and accepted the message, the good news, right? You know, you think about Peter. Imagine Peter was in jail between two um, guards and he was sleeping, right? Who sleeps when they're in trouble? When somebody is, you don't have to be in jail. Your son, your daughter, your sister, your brother could be in jail. And you yourself is at home and you can't sleep, you can't rest, you're praying and, and interceding. Right? The people at the house were interceding for Peter. Peter was sleeping. Peter knew that God would take care of him. He didn't know how, but God sent an angel to take him out of the jail. Right, while the people were interceding, you can find that in Acts 12 12, people were interceding on Peter's behalf. Right, and um, we talked about using the word of God, being in the word, reading the word. Brethren, I'm not saying that it's gonna be um, all hunky dory and that, and there will be no um, problems in our lives once we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Once we accept the commission to share with others the good news, we are targets for, for the enemy, right? But we have an example. We have Jesus as, as an example. In Matthew 4, when Jesus was, went into um, the mountain, right, and he was tempted, right, at every point. Remember, Jesus was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. The enemy did not come on the 20th day. He did not come on the 15th day. He came on the 40th day because he believed that this is the weakest point that Jesus would be at. 
And so he tempted him on that 40th day. And guess what? At every point, Jesus says, it is written. It is written. That is what we have to use, brethren. Ephesians 6, from 11 down to 20, it talks about the different parts on the armor. Right? And we spoke about that the last time. But I'll only highlight the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So just as Jesus showed us in his example, we also have to use the Word. But brethren, if we don't know the Word, we can't use the Word. So we have to know the Scriptures so that we can use it. And God has also given us authority, brethren. He has given us authority over the enemy. Just as he did with his disciples in Matthew 10, 1, in Luke 10, 19, you know, Jesus told us that we have authority over the enemy, right? And he will not be able to harm us, right? If you think about the story now, this is demonstrating it. In Acts 16, verse 11, the backstory of this was there was a girl that was demon-possessed and she kept following Paul and talking about their you know, workers of the Most High God and everything, and then Paul casted out the demon from the girl, right? So it showed that we also, if we accept Christ, if we follow Christ, remember, we have, there are some things that we have to do. We there's gonna be, um, we have to be, we have to kill self, right? You know, we can only do this when the Holy Spirit is in our lives and leading our lives, as you saw in Pentecost. So yes, there are certain things that we we have to, once we accept Christ and in sincerity come to the Lord, the Lord has all the resources for us, brethren. So we don't have to worry about these things. He has given us promises we can see that God is, you know, been there with people in the past and he will be there with us through our situations as well, right? And part of um, being a Christian too is waiting upon the Lord, right? We have to wait and we can't get weary in doing good. Galatians 6, 9, and 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 3, 13 talks about the weariness that we may have, but brethren, if we keep in the word and the Holy, and we have the Holy Spirit, which is a gift from God, God has given us that Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Once we ask him, he said he will give it to us. And we have that promise in Isaiah 40, 31, that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength right? They shall mount up with wings like eagles. So brethren, even in the waiting, there is a blessing. So brethren, when we think about who God is, and yes, we are in a war, and yes, there is an enemy, and yes, there are attacks that will come, and yes, we will be in situations, and yes, we will have tribulations, but the good news is we have a God who loves us, who is merciful, who is kind, long-suffering, 
He's always there for us. All we need to do is accept Christ, have a relationship with God, keep praying, keep interceding, you know, being obedient to the Lord, the Holy Spirit's leading in our lives. Know the tactics of the enemy and using the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, to counteract it as Jesus did, right? Of course, we will be led by the Holy Spirit into what to see and what to do as we are told in the Word. So um, these are um, the main things I believe if we accept Christ, um, we have a relationship with Christ, reading the Word, praying, being led by the Holy Spirit, understanding the enemy, and using the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, to counteract when he attacks us, relying and leaning on God, who have all the resources, who's always with us, we don't have to worry, brethren. So if you have any questions, um, we can go ahead with questions now. Okay. Um, anything there? Is there? Are there any questions? Is there anything I need to clear up? Good night, sister. Good night. Yeah, it's Brother Frank from Toronto. Um, I just like how Hi, you put, put the things over ably. Um, it's very timely. Um, you know, it's admonition. It's warning, and and the like. So, you know, um, it it is impacting my life, you know, to see how patient God is, you know, how merciful, how kind he is, you know, and um, as you take us down memory lane from generation to generation and highlight, you know, what is going on in our time, um, you know, it, 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 it helps me, you know, whatever I'm doing careless, and, you know, I hope it's helping others also that, you know, to break up my follow ground, you know, and hoping that we are breaking up our follow ground because, you know, when we see, uh, as, as the media rightly puts it, we are at the beginning of the end, the beginning of the end. Um, I think this weekend, all eyes will be focusing on I think Saturn and another planet. And um, the Bible tells us that there will be signs um, in the heavens. And we see signs on earth. We see signs in the sea uh, and so on and so forth because we notice that the sea mammals and so on are confused. Um, I don't know if anybody is noticing like I do, but um, we have some birds that would normally go south like between October and, 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 and November, little blackbird, because they cannot understand the, it happened in El Nino, what is happening again. They refuse to go south. I don't know why. And, you know, but they are very cheerful. You know, they, they're going to the trees, very cheerful and worshiping God. So, you know, I hope 
as I am prepared to take heed that we all are willing to take heed with the, um, the lesson you have given us, the admonition, and to show how compassionate God is and how loving and caring he is. Thank you. May God bless you and bless your ministry. Amen. Blessings. Uh, yes, you hello, brought up something. Yes, hello. Go ahead. Just yes, want to ahead. say thank you. I just would like to say thank you. Well done. Well done. So good and faithful. Uh, I agree totally with uh, Brother Frank also. So thank you and keep up the good work. Blessings, Sister Walters, all God. I'm just the deliverer. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes, I was. The um, key part is you allow the Lord to use you in the way in which He wants to use you, and that's that's what we have to do. We are His messenger, and we are in His service. So. You know, as long as we're willing to be made willing to be used by him, then he will do the rest. But we first have to be willing, and that's what you are. You are doing his service. Thank you. Amen. Amen, Sister Walters. Yes, I was going to comment on what Brother Frank was saying about the birds. I noticed that, too, that... um, um, even some of the geese, I, I noticed this year um, that they flew away and then they came back around November when it got warm again. And I guess they were confused as well. So thank you for reminding me about that, Brother Frank. Yeah, there, there is a lot of things that, you know, <laughs> are very unusual times we are in very unusual times but you know um i don't remember who said it in the sermon an old pastor once said if god is steering the ship we are okay (laughs) if we are steering the ship we are in problems so yeah so we are going into uncharted waters but if we have Christ in the vessel, we can smile at the storm. Amen. Is there any other comments or questions? Go ahead. In, in, Hebrew, in, in Hebrews 10, 23, it says, Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. And um, you were saying that um, all the the promise, if anyone can search and find that any promise that um, God has not fulfilled um, to let you know. But there is some that is not fulfilled yet that will be fulfilled. um, As Brother Frank say that this is the beginning of the time of trouble. And so pretty soon we will see the rest of the promises that um, to deal with prophecy um, that has to be fulfilled. Then Jesus will come. 
after the seven last plagues and, you know, the time of trouble and stuff like that. So those haven't been fulfilled yet, but they're coming and we better hold fast. <laughs> so, yeah. I thanks thanks to... for that, Sister Walters. I think I put that out of context. So, yes, I was more, my mind was towards the Old Testament of what was and um, the things that God had predicted about Jesus that didn't, that I didn't see any of the prom of the prophecies about Jesus for for his first birth for his birth that didn't uh-huh. come through right all the all the prophecies so I think that's where my mind was so yes thank you for correcting that yes there are prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled and I think the point right. I wanted to state was because we have seen in the past where. The prophecies in the olden days, in the Old Testament, about Jesus, his birth, resurrection, death, you know, where he was going to be born. Because we see that that was prophesied over 500 years before his birth, and it came right on time. Everything that was prophesied was, was basically done right on time. The words that Christ would use, right, he used the Old Testament words. Uh, some prophet's uh-huh. words, Jeremiah, right? So we, because of this now, we have the confidence to know that these prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled will be fulfilled yeah. right on time and the exact way that it will be on time. And, and it's right. not December 25th either. It's not December 25th either. No, yeah, we all know that. <laughs> but it's not twenty fifth. Yeah. And the yes, whole world bought They bought it and they're selling it. That yes, yes. December twenty yes. It's yeah. not. Um, sorry. A point well taken, but um are this hello? Yes, go ahead. Hello? You guys brought a friend? Yes. At the same time, we have to be um, mind, mindful that um, so many things have happened. And um, I don't know if we read um, Daniel carefully and see um, part of that is fulfilled, but it's twofold, whereby, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the kingdom of the world would have set up a tabernacle in Jerusalem and it happened under this current president, right? Um, and so yeah. I, I just want us to really um, to be mindful that Ellen White says the last days events will be a rapid one, and yes. um, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of people doesn't take note of what was going on in Libya, in um in Libya in um what's the other country there, um uh but and 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 Afghanistan, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you understand what is going on. Right is um is to remove um certain um elements, let me put it that way, um mm-hmm. in order not to make, meet with much controversy. You mm-hmm. understand? It, uh, so um when that is set, um just this week, uh, uh, uh <clears throat> and, and it you have to understand the rapidness of what is going. Just this week, um mm-hmm. Russia Sino, I think it was Sudan to have a hear base 
down there. Now, if you read the book, I think it was by Joe Cruz, whereby um, he said the elite is tightening the grip. Now, if you don't see that, then um, today you're blind, right? Mm-hmm, and they show mm-hmm. you that um, Jerusalem is a, or Israel is a epic center whereby all the nation will turn against. And the trend is set, brethren, they're kind of quiet right now, but very soon, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, 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 and it's rapid because I've never, in my lifetime, I've never seen a pandemic whereby laws mm-hmm. or anything, laws is made mm-hmm. around. So right. let, us, let us not sleep. And let me, let me remind us, um, since the 80s, we don't, we already preached the 30 angel message except for a few. But I'm talk um um I'm talking about um collectively as a body. And why as a church. Excuse, you mean as a regular church. The excuse was we don't want to cause persecution before time. Now persecution is on our door. Did we preach preach the message? And the wife said she see a whole conference lost and we just pray for those of us who are faithful that we may not be lost among them. Yeah, we're just asking a question. Did you mean as in a church, like you're not hearing the three angels message in a regular church um, setting? That's what I'm, you mean? I'm talking about the church globally. I mean, in the head yeah. of the church, we know that certain mm-hmm. countries are Australia, Canada, the United States. And when you talk about these countries, then you know. people. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say too much on that, but what I'm saying here... The excuse was, we don't want to bring on persecution before time. But I'm saying, we did not preach the message, and persecution is at our door. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? You know, that, that that's the thing, you know. But um, that, that, that's the thing that I believe. Um, personally, I believe that once you are a Christian, I don't know where they get this idea that when you are a Christian, everything is fine. Um, we see that in the Bible. Jesus was persecuted. The, the apostles were persecuted. You know, it's to be expected. The forefathers were persecuted. You know, every every person who stood up for a tenet, you know, whether it's freedom of speech, as we call it today, you know, um, or um, freedom of conscience, um, you know, being able to have, um, going by the Bible, only all of these tenets that Martin Luther stood for, he was persecuted over. You know, every if we know our history, we will know that as a Christian, if we we know that that's the path we have to take, you know, Amen. Christ told us that that was gonna happen. So it's not new. So for us, this is where I believe it is an individual thing. Our Christianity is an individual thing. We cannot. And to my knowledge, I mean, I came into the church, I'm dating myself now, but 
over 20-something years, I came into the message, right? And this is the beauty. I don't know about other people, but me coming into the church, it gave me that freedom. Because I, the beauty, when I first came into the church, I couldn't understand how people didn't like Sabbath school. To me, it was the best time because I was allowed to study the word for myself. I was now allowed to, by prayer and asking the Lord for understanding and wisdom, I can now interact with the word. The Holy Spirit can now work on my heart and convict me. That was not in the church that I grew up in, right? Um, that's just my experience. I'm not talking about anybody else's experience. I can only speak from my experience. But to know that, and this is very unique to our church, that an hour is dedicated to studying God's word. Brethren, people don't have that interaction in other churches. You know, they have a sermon on one verse, but there's no study time that is dedicated, right? I know people who are not of our faith that take our quarterly to study because they don't have that in their churches. You know, saying all of that to say, we should not put the freedom that we have now into a pastor's hands, into a conference hands. We have to take that responsibility upon ourselves to read the word because in reading the word, right, we get to know God. And Jesus in his prayer in John 17 says that that is eternal life when we know God. But brethren, we don't have any excuse. We have the word. You know how many people died for this Bible for us to have it in our hands? We have to understand the sacrifices and know our history. This is something that I feel burdened about, that we, our children are growing up in the church and don't know the history, the why we go to church on Sabbath. Why do we read the Bible? Why do we quote the Bible? Right? Why do we do certain things? Why we don't do certain things? You know, we have to know our history. I think it would help, like it helps me to understand and to know what I believe because we have to give an account of what we believe. We will face persecution. That's the only way some people are going to learn about Christ. So we can't only look at it as something against us, but we also have to look at the opportunity it provides to preach the word, right? Paul had to go through it. He was pulled before kings, right? King Agrippa ended up saying in Acts 26, you almost convinced me to be a Christian. You almost. <laughs> right? Sister, Sister Charlene, we must also remember that um, all of the disciples, including Paul, except for John, all of them was killed for the word mm -hmm. of God because they were warned not to preach, not to call that name, not to do healing and stuff like that in the name of Jesus. 
and every last one of them was killed. So what makes we think that we're not going to go through anything? They lost their lives for us. You know, that the gospel could go on until now. You know, so it's not peaches and cream. It is not peaches and cream. Amen, Sister yes. <laughs> Okay. Are there any closing points that you want to make or something that you want to, a question? Because it, uh, we're, we're like over <laughs> by about 15 minutes. But it's good when the word is sweet and we can talk about God, you know. So is there any closing thoughts that you have and then we can close with prayer? No? Is that, um, my thought is that, that. sorry. Very sister Walters. Um, I would thank you. I would like to say, you know, it's, this is not time to play church anymore. And this is time for us individually um, because self is our big problem. Self is our enemy. It's the big problem. And through Jesus Christ, if we can overcome self, then you know, we're on our way. But this is the time for us now to draw closer to the Lord, to know him for ourselves, and to know why we believe what we believe and in whom we believe. And um, we have to stand up for Jesus. And if we stand up for him, he will stand up for us. And that's what the disciples did. Jesus did it, and they followed him, and they stood up for him, and they gave their life up for him. Peter would not even um, be crucified the way Jesus was crucified. He was crucified upside down because he think of himself not worthy to die the way his Savior died. So we just really have to take the banner and fly with it, you know, because it's two minutes now before midnight. What are we going to do when the bridegroom comes? That's what I will leave you with. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're going to have Brother Frank. I, I'm going to speak now. And then if there's anyone that I have not heard from and you want to say something, ask a question, please, after Brother Frank speaks, you can go ahead. Okay, just um, press star, start on with your phone. Yeah, go ahead, Brother um, Frank. Yes, yeah, so I'll just cover uh, most of what I would say. So um, I'm okay with that. I'm glad I let her go ahead. Okay. All right, um, so if there's anyone who has not spoken before, um, you want to make a comment, you want to ask a question, please press star star to unmute your phone and you can go ahead now. Okay. 
Okay. Um, Sister Charlie, um, good night. Um, thank you for the message. It's a very interesting topic. And um, what I want to say, you know, Sister Walters really covered it off in that last, um, the closing um, when you asked there. She really tipped it off. But, you know, what I'm really thankful for is um, the trend that the, the, the man of old, you know, the olden days, you know, what they said for us. You know, and in the world, you know, where God said our bread and our water will be sure because even now in these uncertain days, we don't even know what's going to happen, but we know we have to trust in God because he said he will be always there to take care of us. So, you know, so it's just a blessing for his word and the things that he left for us to live on. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, my sister. Yes, trusting in God in these uncertain times and beyond. <laughs> that is a very good point. Is there anyone else who wants to make another point before we close out who we, I have not heard from before? Okay. If you wanted to make a comment or have a question, please press star star to unmute your phone and you can go ahead. Okay. If not, we will close out with prayer. Okay, let us pray. Our kind and most gracious Father, we'd like to thank you, O Lord, for this time that we could come apart, O God, and to study your word. And Lord, what gems and treasures have we found in your word. Lord, we pray that this word that we have studied about you, about the different characteristics Lord, your loving kindness towards us, your love, the way that you pardon, your flow to anger, the way you're always there for us, ready to forgive us with open arms. We learned about your might, O oh Lord, and how all the resources are of heaven is working on our behalf. And we just want to praise you, O oh God, and thank you. You know, we want to come into your courts with praise and thanksgiving because, Lord, there is no one like you. You love us with such an everlasting love. You sent your only son to die for us so that we can come now boldly before your throne and to come into your presence because of the righteousness of Jesus, the righteous robe that Jesus has given us. And Lord, we pray that the words of the scriptures that we have studied, O oh God, may not just be in our minds, but Lord, help us to have it in our hearts, O oh God, that as the storms of life come in our 
come through our lives on a day-to-day basis. As the enemy tries to bombard us with different temptations, O God, that we may be able to use the word, the promises that you have given us in your word to combat the enemy, to hold on to your unchanging hand, to remember, O God, who we are in you. You told us that we are the apple of your eye. In Isaiah 43, verse 1, you said that we are yours. You have called us by your name. Lord, when we think about all the things that you have given us, all the ways that you have told us not to fear, all the assurances from your word, Lord, what more can we do but trust you? You have provided everything. And so, Lord, we come in humility. We come in thanksgiving, thanking you, O Lord, for all that you have done, all that you are doing in the meanwhile, Lord, and all that you will do through our lives. Help us to be willing and ready to give an account for our faith. Help us, O Lord, to be faithful so that we may look forward to that great reunion, Lord, that's talked about in 2 Thessalonians 4. When we hear that shout, O Lord, and the heavens roll back as a scroll, Lord, help us to say, this is our Lord, we have waited for him. And help us, O Lord, to hear from your lips. Come, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of our Lord. This is our hope, O God. And this is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. May the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. And so, brethren, on behalf of the Button to Christ Ministries and Sister Michelle, thank you for joining us at, for, for the Bible study to, this evening. And um, we ask that you join us again tomorrow at 5 a.m. for Morning Manna. We pray that the Lord will continue to bless you and keep you, to let his face shine upon you and to give you his peace. And that as you have freely received the word, freely share the word with others. Blessings and have a good night. Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed. Feel free to visit our website at buntochrist.com for more content and information. Also, feel free to contact us at buntochrist70 at gmail.com with your prayer requests or any questions you may have. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time.